Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Every other religion in the world, they're gonna teach you one thing. They're gonna say, you gotta be good enough, you gotta work hard enough, and even in some cases, you've got to be productive enough to know that you're right with God, but not with the gospel, not with Jesus. There's a uniqueness to the gospel that we have to understand. So how do you fix the elder brother spirit in you? Is that you embrace the uniqueness of the gospel that is found in Jesus. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. But then the servant says, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother would have certainly thought to himself, safe and sound, he needed to die. Because the older brother, what you see in the story, he's concerned about the father's things. If we aren't careful, we'll, our faith will be based upon what it is that God can give us. That, that was the fallacy of the lost, the, 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 the lost son who ran away to the distant country. He said, Father, give me. Give me my share of the inheritance, right? I talked to some of you. You have kids that are doing that to you right now. You're like, give me my inheritance. Give me, I want my money now. You know, that, it's, it's, an odd, it's a very disrespectful thing now and certainly then. But we're saying give me because we know what's best and the relationship that we have is based on the things that you've got that you can give to me. And the older brother wasn't any different. They both wanted the father's things and none of them just wanted the father. And so we come back into the story and the older brother as a result of this became angry and he refused to go in. And so his father went out and he pleaded with him. He comes to him. He comes to him because he's like, son, you need to be a part of this. We need to celebrate. The one who was lost has now returned. The one, the one who was who's gone, who we never thought was even going to be alive again. He has returned. Maybe you're doing that right now. He's trying to plead with him. He's sharing his heart with him. But in the midst of it all, the son is too angry to see everything that the father has given him and the father isn't enough. The bad son, we could describe this way. He was irresponsible, rarely obedient, seemingly wished his father was dead, gutted the family fortune, squandered his inheritance on prostitutes and wild living. The older son, the good son, works hard in the field. He's always obedient to his father. He's very spiritual. He obeys the Ten Commandments. He prays and he reads the Bible. And what Jesus teaches us is that they're both lost and alienated from the father. And I know that that ought to, I know that maybe in your mind it seems unfair. And I know maybe for you, certainly for me, you feel a bit of tension because of that. And you can accept this. All right, that's your choice. Like, just to be super clear, like, you don't have to embrace what Jesus is teaching. This is definitely the message. 
And this is actually what every other religion in the world teaches. You be good, you obey the commandments, you trust in yourself, you keep control of your eternity and see how that works out. You can be bad and, and throw, throw everything to the wind, caution to the wind, live however you want to live and see how that works out for you. But what Jesus is saying is that either way, if you're not trusting in me, you're going to be lost. And it's out of that grace and that mercy and that compassion that we can live. We can truly live a life that, that indeed brings us to church. And indeed, it causes us to care for others. It causes us to be forgiving when we maybe the world would say you don't have to be forgiving. It's, it's that mercy, it's that sacrifice, that love that he gave us that can it's a uniqueness of the gospel that can truly change the way you live your life. Let me, let me illustrate it for you this way. I, I've, I've shared something along these lines in the past, but, but, it, but I have to share something like this because I think it, it just communicates the, what the gospel really is for us that we got to grab a hold of. It'd be, it'd be like this. I'm, I'm here all week because, yes, because I don't just work on Sundays, all right? So I'm here, I'm working, I'm so concerned about your eternity and your salvation, and that is a heavy burden to care, carry, and people are dealing with things, and so you try to talk to people about that stuff too, and I try to offer some guidance, and, and I'm worried about the future of the church, and I'm, I'm doing all these different things, and it's all this weight and burden, et cetera, et cetera, and I come home, and I just plop down in a chair, and all I want to do is turn on the TV and watch something. But just as soon as I do that, again, this is entirely hypothetical. My wife comes over to me and she's angry at me. She's like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting in the chair? There's so much that has to get done here at this house. There's grime on the bathtub. The shower pan needs to be cleaned. The toilets need to be cleaned. There's laundry that hasn't been folded. I've been slaving here all day for you. What are you doing? And then she grabs a bucket with a, with a brush and she just throws it at me. Now, in that moment, I'm going to be upset for sure, but I'm also probably just going to end up doing what it is I'm being told to do. And I'm going to go in that bathroom and I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm working all week long to provide for this family and help all these people. And this is what I get for it. And I'm cleaning and I'm scrubbing and I'm just getting angrier and angrier and frustrated and more frustrated. But then imagine... I come home, all that same stuff's going on. I'm tired, I'm worn out, and I sit down, and I turn on the TV, and then all of a sudden my wife comes up behind me. She starts rubbing my shoulders. She starts telling me how good I am. Oh, you do so good at preaching sermons. And, and, and she's telling me that, oh, I'm a great father and I'm such a loving husband. And she's like whispering in my ear, kind of blowing on it. And, and then she's saying, she's, this is very hypothetical. <laughs> and then she's saying, I made your favorite meal and it's sitting on the table. Oh, and by the way, would you care to go and clean the tub? It's got some grime on it, and the toilets haven't been tended to in a while. Would you care to do that for us? I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, and I'm popping out of the chair, and I'm, I'm on my toes in the bathroom, like, ah, the big smile on my face, and I can't wait, can't wait to eat my favorite meal, and everything's great and happy. And the same thing is going on in both homes as far as what is getting done and cleaned, but the motivation and the motive is totally different. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. 
You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And that's what you have in Jesus. That, that God looked at you and he grabbed a hold of you and he said, I love you. You're a child of mine. And, and, and I've got this great future for you. And there's this community that you're going to get to live life with. And you don't have to trust in how good you are because my son has been good for you. And I love you. And these are all the things that I want you to do. And this is the life that I want you to live. And it's so much easier to live from that. But if you're coming at it like, oh, it's just such a burden. And, I, and I've, I'm getting cheated. And I've had all these bad things happen to me. And in some cases... We have. But what he offers us in Jesus is so much more greater, so much more significant and impactful to us if we allow it. But if we don't, we're going to end up just like that painting where there's a lost son who finally gets it. And he stops saying, Father, give me because I know what's best. And he finally says, Father, make me a servant of yours because you know what's best. And the elder brother hasn't figured it out yet. And there's some characteristics of that spirit that can be in us. There's some characteristics of that spirit when we're trusting in our own righteousness. And this, this is some of them. We'll, we'll look again at some of the text. Verse 28, the older brother became angry and he refused to go in. One of the common characteristics of an elder brother's spirit is anger and bitterness about life not going our way. And it doesn't. That there's bankruptcies and there's divorce and there is, unfortunately, there can be death at a very young age. There can be sickness at a young age. There can be challenges in our workplaces. There can be layoffs. There can be recessions. And we can be angry and bitter that God hasn't carried his end of the bargain because of that. But what's interesting What's interesting is that when we look at Jesus, he doesn't look at it that way. First Peter said it this way, that when they hurled their insults at him. I mean, here was this guy, he, was a, he lived a perfect life. He helped people. He blessed people. Sure, he got on some people here or there a little bit, told them not to sin anymore, and he told the religious people not to judge people, and he turned over a table a time or two, which who hasn't done that? But, but Jesus had a few moments for sure. But, but the reality is, it's like he was mainly just helping people. And then what did he get for that? Insults. And how did he respond? Not with anger and bitterness. He didn't retaliate when he suffered. He made no threats. Instead, and this is key, he entrusted himself. He had faith in his heavenly father. He entrusted himself to him who judges 
justly. And that'll help with that anger and bitterness. It's just giving, giving that situation, giving ourselves over to our Heavenly Father. And then we go on in verse 29. And when he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. He felt like he wasn't, he didn't feel like he was a son. He felt like he was a slave. There was a joyless obedience to everything that he did. And when we start to drift into that space, like and many of you serve in this church and you help this church and you are helping this church to, to be all that it's being. And the reason why we don't have room right now in this service is because many of you are serving and you serve with joyful hearts. It's, that's a wonderful thing. And we get it when we get that. But we can have this tendency to start drifting into that joyless obedience. And one of the reasons that we drift there, yes, it can be fatigue and yes, we can be spread thin. But another reason is, is that we have lost sight of everything our Heavenly Father has done for us. And we feel like we're just slaving away. Jesus offers us this from Hebrews chapter 12 of his example, that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him, and what is that joy? That joy is you. That joy is me. It was the joy that was set before him that he endured a cross, he scorned its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus for us, he can be many things, and he is many things to the world, and you have to know that. He is indeed a good teacher, and he is a good example. And for many people, he's maybe even a good boss, you might say. But that doesn't mean that he's a good savior. And that's the difference. That's the issue here. And we will always drift into joyless obedience when he's not the savior for us that he needs to be. And then we go on. The son says, you never, and he's talking to his father, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. What he's speaking to here is a lack of assurance of his father's love. Even though the father's done all these other things for him, but because that party wasn't for him, whenever that moment of tension entered into his life and it enters into ours, how do we respond? How we respond often shows us, for the, shows us the assurance that we have of the love of our father and the forgiveness that he gives us. Like when you mess up, do you think that you can really be forgiven? Do you feel like God can really forgive you? This is how the psalmist describes forgiveness for us that God offers us. He says this, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed the transgressions from us. That's so critical. East is from the west. What's amazing, if you look at a globe, what, what he's saying there is, is like, when you go east or you go west, you never go east or west again. If you go east, you're always going east. You never run into west. In other words, east and west are separated to the point that they will never come back together again. And that's what forgiveness with God is like. It doesn't come back to you once you've been forgiven of it, unless you allow it to. The east never interacts with the west again, but if you go north and you're gonna go south, if you go north and you're gonna go south, that, that's always a thing. They're always running into each other, but east and west, they never do. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. 
I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And that's the forgiveness that God gives you. And the son didn't understand this, this type of love. Verse 30, but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf. This son of yours, he's not a brother anymore. No, no, no. He's a son of yours. There's a condescending spirit that is here. Because as he compares himself to him, because that's what his judgment's based on, he is better than him. But the Bible teaches us that no one is righteous, not even one. Why? Not because we compare ourselves to one another. Because if we do that, that's just going to lead to judgment. That's going to lead to superiority, elitism. But when we realize that we're actually compared to God, there's no one righteous. Not even one. And how does the, son, and how does the father respond to the son? This is so critical for us if we're going to kill that elder brother spirit. Because if you don't kill it, if you don't crucify it, it'll crucify you. So how does the father respond? My son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Why? Not because of how good he's been. Not because of how hard he's worked not because of how productive he is for the estate. Because he's a child of his. Everything I have is yours. Every other religion in the world, they're going to teach you one thing. They're going to say, you got to be good enough, you got to work hard enough, and even in some cases, you've got to be productive enough to know that you're right with God. But not with the gospel, not with Jesus. There's a uniqueness to the gospel that we have to understand. So how do you fix the elder brother spirit in you? Is that you embrace the uniqueness of the gospel that is found in Jesus. I had a man come to me once. And, and we were talking about other religions. And, and he was so curious about apologetics. And he's talking about Christianity and how he, was, how he did attend church. And he was a Christian, but now he's not. And, and he had all these other things. He's just ex explaining the, the situation of his and then in the end, this was his last comment to me after we went back and forth, back and forth sometime. He said, I just don't understand the difference between 
Christianity and every other faith that's out there. And he, he actually made a lot of good arguments through the course of that discussion and things that I didn't have answers for. But I, that was the one where I said, you know what, that's easy. And he was amazed. He's like, what? How's that easy? And I said, that's easy. The difference is forgiveness. The difference is this. Let me show you this. Obedience to God based on all the other faiths equals acceptance to God. That if you're good enough, then you're going to be accepted. But Christianity is the exact opposite of that. And this is what kills the elder brother in us. Is it is, check this out, the acceptance, go to the next slide. The acceptance by God in Christ that leads to obedience to God for Christ. That when you really understand how much you are loved and how much you are embraced in Jesus, then all of a sudden it's easy to be obedient. It's easy to do the things that God wants you to do because you feel that love and it spurs you on because you're not living to grace, you're living from grace. And then we go on. Verse 32, the father also says, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours who was dead and is alive again and who was lost has now been found. And he's talking about a love and a graciousness that will never, ever, ever not be available. That's hard for people to wrap their minds around if they've never actually received it. And so if you want to kill that elder brother spirit, the last thing that we learn here is that we have to be willing to embrace the love and the graciousness of our heavenly father. And what we have in Jesus is we have our true elder brother. You see, what should have happened in the story and what some of the original audience would have picked up on that we lose sight of is that the elder brother should have left and gone off into the distant country to bring his brother back. He should have gone out and, and did everything that he could, sacrifice whatever it was that he had to sacrifice to get his brother back home. But he didn't do it. Instead, he was so focused on himself that the idea of caring for somebody that would drift away like that would be, make these irresponsible decisions. And you have those people in your life. Maybe you are one of those people. That we get so focused on ourselves that we're not going to try to reach out, care for, love, bring back those kind of people. But that's the amazing thing about Jesus is that's exactly what he did for us. Is that he set aside all the riches of heaven to come to earth to redeem us back to, the, to our heavenly father. Not because of how good we have been, but because of how much he loved us. There's a story that I think is a good metaphor for this. It's a woman named Rose Crawford. And she had been blind for 50 years, uh, over 50 years, really. And it was a condition that, that when she was born, the doctors didn't know any, didn't understand. They didn't know how to treat it. But then she found out after visiting with the doctor that this condition of hers could actually be uh, surgically healed. And so she scheduled an appointment. She went to, got all, she went to different experts and she got different opinions and she decided to go and have the surgery on her eyes. And then sure enough, after having bandages on her eyes for a few days, she was able to have the bandages removed. And for the first time in her life, she didn't have to have something described to her. She could actually see it. Because before, she had had everything described, the sun, the mountains, trees, grass. But now, instead of just having a tree described to her, she could actually see the veins of a leaf. And instead of having grass off uh, a, a very lacking description given, she could now see the blades that were there. 
And instead of just trying to picture a mountain, she could actually see the snow caps. And instead of just feeling the heat of the sun, she could at least ever so slightly see a bit of a glimpse of it. And there was sort of this epiphany that took place in that moment. Now the sad part about it, the sad part of her, her story is this, is that surgery had been available for 20 years before she actually had it done. And she just didn't know. And what this series is meant to do for you is to, in a way, pull back the bandages, to open your eyes, to allow you to say, aha, you see it. You finally see the gospel. You finally see what Jesus has done for you for what it's worth. And you're willing to respond to that. And you're not gonna wait 20 years and suffer through all the consequences of that. And so that's what we wanna provide for you. And so after the service, if you'd like to talk to somebody in our next step room, we would love for you to go and talk to one of our elders, our pastors there about maybe taking that step because maybe you're finally getting it. Maybe you're finally seeing the gospel for all that it's been. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.